Welcome to Unbossed. It is so good to be back with each and every one of you. So glad you are in the house with us today. And do you know who else I am glad is in the house today? The one and only David Schuster. We have missed him so much on Unbossed, <laughs> but he is in the house. He is a Rebel HQ contributor, a man that isn't request all over the land. David. Oh, I don't know about that, but you know what? Your requests, I love honoring your requests, uh, uh, Senator Turner. It's great to be with you. We got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we do. What are you working on? What's what's in store for the folks on your side of the TYT network? Well, on Rebel HQ, we got a video coming later today about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Apparently, uh, she was one of only two Republicans who voted uh, against a symbolic resolution to show support for the 50,000 people who were killed by the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. She was also mad because the resolution apparently included some condemnation of Syrian leader Assad. It doesn't make any sense, but we'll get into that. The latest with Marjorie Taylor Greene, apparently she was also yelled at at a restaurant. Uh, We'll get into that and some of the crazy stuff that's going on the Republican side of the house. Well, thank you for that, for sharing that. Please, you guys don't want to miss that. Follow David Schuster on all the social media and check out his commentary on Rebel HQ. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the representative from the great state of Georgia. Georgia, please come and get your representative. You do not (laughs) want to miss that. As David and I were saying before the show started, she is definitely the gift that keeps on giving with a big (laughs) sigh. Yeah. (laughs) So today on the show, we are going to keep our focus on the people of East Palestine. You know that yours truly went down there a week ago today, was able to talk to some folks again. Big thanks to John Russell and also to Jess for being our guide while we were there. Many thanks to The Lever whose reporting pushed this administration, especially Secretary Mayor Pete Buttigieg to actually finally show up and to use the power afforded to him to actually try to do something for these folks and to make sure that what happened to them does not happen to anybody else. We are going to stay on this on Unbossed and to the countless other independent media sources for doing the same thing. We also have Brian Cranston. He called out racism again. And later in the show, we will discuss how the family of Minister Malcolm X, they are announcing their plans to sue the United States government. A rip roaring show for you today. And so the story in East Palestine continues. We certainly will not let it be swept under the rug. And contrary to the cult brigade on the left, The folks of East Palestine, they do deserve relief and they deserve justice, no matter who they voted for. Take a look at this. The administration is doing enough? No, uh, the state administration is not doing enough. I'm not pleased with Governor Mike DeWine, who actually drunk some of the water, giving people confidence that that water is okay, when in fact, that EPA didn't do the deepest dive that they can do to deal with the carcinogens that are there, the air, the water. No, and when I went there, then I saw both fear and anger in the eyes of the people there. I had a local guide, his name is John. He grew up in and around that area and also Jess. And I got a chance to talk to some of the people. And one lady that I talked to, she said, I I never wanna see another vehicle carrying chemicals come through my community again. And so while you have some on the GOP side saying less government, you have the residents of East Palestine saying that government 
is not doing enough. And they have been, not just them, they have been failed by subsequent many administrations. It's not just the Trump administration, it was the Obama administration, now it's the Biden administration. So now we have the facts, they're out there. The NTSB said this could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is, what are we going to do to solve the short term and the long term needs of the people? Yeah, that was my stunt double on Sunday on CNN's State of the Union asking the very pivotal questions about what are we, the collective we, meaning the federal government and the state government going to do to provide relief for the residents of East Palestine, both in the short term and in the long term. And also I would like to add, what are they gonna do to make Norfolk Sutherland bounce? Because they need to bounce really, really hard. And it is totally abhorrent, as I said on that show, that anyone would say that these people are getting what they deserve. The hell they are catching is really similar to the hell that other working class and poor people catch all over this country. Whether it is Flint, Michigan or Cleveland, Ohio or Jackson, Mississippi, you name it. If you are poor and or of the working class, this system is not working for you. It is systemic failure and it is about corporate greed. Take a look at what else she had to say. Neoliberals who say that the residents of that area deserve what they, they are getting because they voted for President Donald J. Trump it is abhorrent. Mm. This is about poverty, this is about poor working class white people who are enduring some of the same things that poor working class black people endure, whether it's Flint, Cleveland or Jackson, Mississippi. And so I want to lay it out that the cultist behavior in politics right now, it is a sin and a shame that when people are suffering to this magnitude, you got people who will fix their mouths, to quote my grandmother, to say that they are getting what they deserve. What they deserve is clean air, clean food, clean water. They deserve relief both in the short term and also in the long term. Yeah, she said that and she actually did that. And I believe in everything that she just said, it is definitely time to call out neoliberals like Joe Behart, who has a platform and she did fix her mouth to say the following. Who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district, Donald Trump. Now she never lets the truth get in the way of a good story. As I mentioned before, the people of East Palestine have been failed by several administrations. And even if, and shame on President Donald J. Trump, he did come strutting in there. And he knows that he rolled back the Obama rules, he did. But even if those rules had been in place, which they should have been in place, and if Trump was truly a populist instead of a folk populist, he would have went even further than President Obama. But he didn't do that, he rolled it back and then had the pure unadulterated gall or more nerve than the brass a monkey, as my grandmother would put it, to go on and stroll himself on back into East Palestine. He did do that, but multiple things can be true all at once. The Biden administration ultimately sided with lobbyists and did not go as far as they should have went, meaning that the train the, the, the type of chemicals that were on that train that derailed in East Palestine would not even under the Obama rules have been uh, called on. It would not uh, have been uh, adhered to the harshest of the rules and regulations because those have been softened because of guess what? The owner donors. So crystal ball 
was just as passionate about this as I was. And she were calling them out, the blatant indifference that some folks have because these people actually voted for Donald J. Trump. They did, that is irrefutable. But before then, they were Reagan Democrats. I wonder what the neoliberals would say if they knew that. You know, it really boggles my mind that people's qualification for somebody showing them humanity is now contingent upon who they voted for or who they did not. America, we need our soul checked. We really do, we need our soul check. But this crystal ball was as passionate as I was and she laid it out. Take a look at what she had to say. Actually hear the view audience gasp and boo because they are so shocked. She would take this opportunity to scold these suffering Americans for their political choices. But you know what? I'm actually kind of glad she said it. I'm glad she revealed the ugly core of this type of snide liberalism. After all, her sentiment, it's not a new one. I saw it expressed on Twitter. I saw it hinted at by the analyst analyst who dismissed the positive reception of Trump's visit because this was, quote, Trump country. Yep, they did, and they're still spewing that stuff. I see it on my social media timeline time and time again. But you know what, they say out of the mouths of babes, we're gonna put up a tweet from Little Miss Flynn, I remember meeting her several years ago when the Sanders campaign first went down to Flint, Michigan to deal with their water crisis. And this is what she had to say on Twitter about what is happening. Mari, that's her name. Why would you want to help East Palestine, Ohio? And she responds, because regardless of race or socioeconomic status, nobody should have to face a preventable environmental disaster. Clean water is a necessity. And Team Mari Ohio water crisis, she knows a lot about that when she was much, much younger than she is right now. Flint was facing a water crisis and all of this happened at the hands of a state government that was indifferent to that poor and working class community that is mostly African American. So here we have Mari, I still wanna call it little Mari, but we got Mari laying it down as to why they should be helped. And then obviously my stunt double had to jump in here just one more good time. Did you vote for Trump? You deserve clean air, food and water. Did you vote for Biden? You deserve clean air, food and water. Did you not vote? You deserve clean air, food and water. Human rights are human rights. David Schuster, what say you about well, these declarations? All, Senator Turner, I, look, the human rights are human rights. That's as, as simple as it gets. And it gets to the, look, we all are human beings. There's a common humanity regardless of your political perspective, regardless of your perspective, regardless of your experiences in life. And so kudos to you for calling out Joey Behar for it, but also for keeping this issue alive because it's very easy in most of our mainstream media to forget about this. So kudos to you and Unbossed and even to CNN for talking about this. There are two main issues here. The first is what can be done in the short term to help these people? And what can be done in the long term to prevent this from happening again? The short term, I think, is actually a lot easier because it's a lot easier to give a lot of money to fix a water system to help people move and relocate if, in fact, Norfolk Southern does the right thing and pays up. That's the first thing. The longer term, in terms of how we keep these chemicals from rolling through some of these communities on bad tracks and on bad actors, I'm not sure how that gets solved without some greater bipartisanship in Washington. But I'm optimistic the short term can get solved if, in fact, Norfolk Southern and some others actually step up. Yeah, I am too, David. And I hope that grassroots people, both on the media side, independent media side that we're on, and others continue to lift this up. 
And it is a unique opportunity for independent media. Again, big ups to the lever, uh, many thanks to outlets. I mean, TYT, of course, um, Status Coup, John Russell, and so many others who are shouting from the rooftop and who will continue to cover this long after it has been pushed aside, which could happen at any moment. And, you know, Mr. Buttigieg finally did come into East Palestine, Ohio. It took him 18 days when it should have took him 18 minutes, but he finally did come, and that is because of pressure. Now, federal legislation also has been introduced. To David's point about some of the things that need to happen in the long term, and that is by Reps Rokana and Chris Deluzo to ensure that trains like the one that derailed in Ohio are regulated more strictly. Let's put up this headline, Kana Deluzo unveiled derail act to prevent another disaster like East Palestine. We can't trust giant corporations like Norfolk Sutherland to keep communities safe out of the goodness of their hearts. Cuz if they had goodness in their hearts, this wouldn't have never happened. But I digress, said Rep Chris Deluzo, they're in it for profits, plain and simple. And you know what, nothing wrong with making profits, but when your profit making causes destruction to other folks, causes them pain, anxiety and grief, then you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. To quote one of the great urban poets in a rap song. Let's put up what Rep Rokana put out in his tweet at Lever reporting highlighted this glaring gap in our regulations. It's time we put people's safety over corporate profits. Amen and amen and amen to that. And then Congressman Chris Deluzo said the following, we can't trust giant corporations like Norfolk Sutherland to keep communities safe out of the goodness of their hearts. They're in it for profits, plain and simple. Today, I'm introducing the Derail Act with Rep. Rokana to better regulate the railroads and put public safety first. David, this is good. Like immediate federal actions being taken in the Congress. We know that there are still some things that the administration can do with or without Congress, but I'm really glad to see this. Yeah, and especially because if nothing else, it sparks a debate. And so you have a lot of Republicans who have said, yes, we need to actually take some steps. Well, let's have this discussion now. We all agree that there needs to be better oversight and regulation of these giant rail companies and then make sure that there's greater safety for the citizens who are exposed to this sort of thing. So, okay, Republicans, here's a proposal. Do you agree or disagree? If you don't agree, What's your alternative? How would you try to fix this? Let's have the discussion because if we're not having the discussion, we're not making any progress. There it is, so no more excuses. Republicans and Democrats can get together in a bipartisan way other than to make war. And they can get together to make sure that nothing like this ever happens in another community again. And then they can build upon this and make sure again that Norfolk Sutherland, they need to bounce. For this, there needs to be truly deep repercussions and consequences. There's so much that can be done. And I want us to take a look at the thread on Twitter from Professor Zinkis, who really laid out some of the things that can be done. The creek in East Palestine empties into the Ohio River, which travels through multiple states and ends up in the Mississippi River. President Biden needs to declare a national emergency. I Agree with the professor, whatever the administration can do to get the biggest, to maximize the biggest opportunity to correct this wrong, to make some crooked paths straight, they should do it. Next in his thread, though the AC through the ACA, that's the Affordable Care Act, Biden could extend Medicare for life for every resident of East Palestine. Come on, GOP, I know y'all down for that and surrounding areas. 
The long-term effects of exposure to these chemical toxins can be devastating. Everyone affected needs to be covered from this day forward, amen to that. And this is another point that also Crystal Ball made on her show as well, that there is power in the way that the ACA is written. The way they classify what is happening in East Palestine will allow these residents to get healthcare for life. I am calling on the Democrats and the Republicans to get together, baby, and make this happen for these residents. You ain't gotta hesitate, you can do that right now. Professor goes on, the president also has power to immediately, not 18 days from now, immediately regulate the rail industry to prevent such disasters from happening again. Biden would also have the power to force Norfolk Sutherland to buy up all of the residents property and also make sure all residents are relocated. A very important point. How are the residents of East Palestine who do own homes, not all of them do, but the ones that do, they're not gonna be able to put that home on the market. Who's gonna wanna buy it? Who's gonna wanna live and move in there? Those residents should have the opportunity to be made completely whole, both in the short term and also in the long term. And finally, the professor writes, the president or all of this can and should happen tomorrow. I'm with you, professor. Biden should. Biden should travel to East Palestine and announce this. Yeah, he should. He went over to Ukraine. He gone and make Air Force One. Gone and get on over there. Come on through Ohio. Makes no sense right there. And you know, David, they gave the Republicans a very good retort, unfortunately, because the president did not come there and has said that he may or may not go there. Put that back up one more quick time, and I want David to weigh in on this. Um, the professor also said that Biden would also have or the people of East Palestine and other affected areas need to be taken care of and our land and waterways need to be cleaned out immediately. And that is not only for the residents of East Palestine, but also what is happening in parts of Pennsylvania as well. They are impacted by this. So David, you know, the good professor laid out a number of things that can happen without even Congress making one move. Right, and I think that this should be a larger issue, of course, than just you know Pennsylvania and East Palestine. Because as you pointed out, I mean, there the Ohio River Valley. There are 20 million people that live in the Ohio River Valley. You've got cities like Cincinnati and Evansville, Indiana, and Louisville, Kentucky. They get their drinking water from the Ohio River. And right now is not the time where I want to be trusting the corporations that are in charge of my water in Cincinnati or Evansville or Louisville, because you've seen what the profit motive does. So everyone needs to be concerned. Everyone needs to be vigilant on this because it's not just one isolated community. So many people could be affected if in fact more corporations are not doing the right thing. There it is, even people who voted for Joseph Biden could be impacted. Hmm. Wow, yeah, that's why it's not a good idea to base humanitarian efforts on who voted for whom. Just doesn't work out in the end. We're gonna stay on top of this. You better bet your bottom dollar we are going to continue to talk about this and report on this. We'll keep you posted weekly on what's happening in East Palestine and sometimes maybe three or four times a week because it's them today. It could be any of us tomorrow. And speaking of toxic chemicals, the EPA is ready to get trains moving again. Watch this. I'm pleased to announce that we have identified EPA certified facilities that will be able to accept at least some of these wastes, meaning that the railroad will be able to restart shipments tomorrow. State officials say truckloads of waste have already been delivered to licensed disposal facilities in Michigan and Texas. Sounds great. 
Not so fast, they're major problems. Take a look at this headline. Officials in Texas and Michigan say that they were unaware the toxic waste cleanup from the Ohio derailment was being sent to their communities. I really need somebody to make this make sense for me. A Michigan representative Debbie Dingo weighed in, quote, we were not given a heads up on this reported action. Our priority is to always keep the people we represent safe. Now, Representative Debbie Dingo is a Democrat for those folks taking score on which residents voted for a Democrat or which residents voted for a Republican. I'm I'm just I'm just rubbing this in at this point, David, because I just I really can't stand people who think that way. You know, there are very few absolutes in the world, but I am absolutely crystal clear without fear of of equivocation, without fear of being wrong, that the people who don't believe East Palestine and other communities that went more Republican deserve help, that they are 150% wrong. They, they're wrong. Now, the Congresswoman said her office would be making inquiries to the Waste Company, Environmental Protection Agency, Department of Transportation, Norfolk Sutherland, and the state of Ohio to understand what is being shipped, whether these are approved storage facilities, the implications of the decision, and how we ensure the safety of all Michigan residents. So, yeah. Thank you, Insider, for this report. All Michigan residents, all Ohio residents, all Illinois residents, all California residents, y'all get where I'm going. This domino hurt hits us all, not just one community. And Wayne County, Michigan Executive Warren Evans was just as confused, saying the fact that it's here and we haven't been informed of the volume, we haven't been informed of how it actually got here. Did it come by truck? Did it come by plane? So I just had to throw that in. <laughs> Did it come by train? Did those transport vehicles, were they well equipped to be able to deal with this? Could they have crashed? Could another train have derailed? I mean, answer these questions for us over here in Michigan. We don't appreciate this stuff right here. And then meanwhile, in the great state of Texas, a Texas official also says she was kept in the dark about waste disposal heading to her state. In a press conference on Thursday, Harris County Judge Lena uh, Hidago, Hidago said, I probably butchered that woman's last name, I'm sorry, Judge. A journalist was the one who told her that the water used to fight fires at the site of East Palestine would be sent to a city in her county. What? No, make it make sense. So this is how the EPA is cleaning up the mess by sending toxic waste from one of the worst environmental disasters in the history of this country to other parts of the country so that their residents could be potentially exposed to. Seriously, make this make sense. And just as a reminder, the toxic waste is wreaking havoc on the people of EP right now. Since the derailment, residents who live nearby have reported getting sick and an estimated 43,000 aquatic animals have died as a result of the toxic spill. But oh yeah, you got people like Governor DeWine telling people to drink the water. On Saturday, Governor Mark DeWine said in a statement, removal would be paused. Here's his statement. The removal of hazardous waste from the derailment site has been paused by the United States EPA. The licensed hazardous waste treatment and disposal facility in Texas will dispose of liquid waste that has already been trucked 
out of East Palestine. Lord, have mercy on our souls. But no additional liquid. We don't already put some stuff down there, but no additional liquid will be accepted at the Texas facility at this time. So, David, I mean, maybe you can help make sense of this <laughs> as to why the federal government would allow waste to be trucked from East Palestine to other parts of this country, whether it's Michigan or Texas. And how, in fact, this does not have an impact on those residents. And why, oh, why do the local, regional, state, and federal, as we heard from Congresswoman Dingle, not know that this is happening in their own backyards? Well, and that's right. I mean, if this is safe, if the federal government thinks that they can do this without contaminating, then you have no problem explaining to people why it's safe and being. Absolutely transparent. And you know what? I you mentioned Wayne County. I was thinking to myself, wait a second, Wayne County, Michigan, that is the city of Detroit. That is Michigan's largest city. There are millions of people there. And for the city of Detroit, the largest city in the state, their officials don't know that this hazardous waste is coming in there. Really? I mean, this is ridiculous. And why shouldn't the people be fearful? Because if the government is hiding this, if they're trying to say, oh, there's nothing to worry about, well, you know what? This is not a great time to be trusting in institutions like the EPA or the NTSB or the federal regulators that are supposed to help stop this sort of thing. You have got to show some transparency by administration. If you want people to feel safe, if you want people to have confidence, explain what's going on. It's not that hard. There it is. I'm gonna deal with you based on how you make me feel, what you do for me. And Obviously, this is an epic fail going on right now. And that's because that is the reality today does not mean that that has to be the reality tomorrow. Come on, folks, come on, pretend like this is your family members. Can you, those with them extra special titles who have been elected to office to really take care of people, to protect the public welfare, act like it's one of your family members, somebody that you love. Because ultimately, the air and the water and the food knows no boundaries. Ultimately, we all will be impacted by this at some point in time, whether you're Democrat or Republican or Libertarian, a little country, a little rock and roll, a little R&B or a little gospel. It don't matter how you roll, baby. What morality says is that we will treat human beings with the type of love and uplift that they need when we have crises of this magnitude. And if you do not agree, this is one of the rare times that I would say that I am absolutely right without equivocation and you, sir, you, ma'am, are absolutely wrong. We'll be back after this. Let that marinate. We'll be back. Welcome back to the show. My absolute favorite part, the thing that I have missed the most is reading the comments from some of the viewers. So we're gonna start with our TYT members, Mountain Dragon. Hey, Mountain Dragon. Get your fist pumping, it's Turner time. The Senator and <laughs> David <laughs> to bring us the fire. Such a great duo, I can't wait for their wisdom. Thank you, Mountain Dragon, we both feel the same way. Yeah. And on Twitch, the kind dragon, hey, kind dragon. I think this might be the first time I've ever read a comment from you, but I like your handle, baby. The opening line to this theme song literally gives me hope and ramps me up, love this show. Thank you, kind dragon, me too. I gotta be reminded too as well, so I'm with you on that. Every time I hear it, I'm like, wow. Doggone, this this is right. We're gonna get out here and fight the powers that be. And Dangar Dragon, hey DD, I need the fire. Black Pearl Dragon up in here, up in here. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> Thank you, Dangar Dragon. And on YouTube, Super Chat, Christina. I love Nina and David. And she gave us like three beautiful purple hearts, David. And we gonna give well, I love one. I love Nina and Turner time. That is brilliant. It is Turner time. I think this is the start of a lot of things that are gonna be Turner time. But anyway, that's a whole story. Oh, thank you, David. And thank each and every one of you. We're glad we were able to get to some of your comments. Thank you for your support of the show. Please share it with somebody else. Tell them to go ahead and subscribe and like. Like and subscribe. We really do appreciate you. On to Brian Cranston. He is laying it down again. Check this out. Uh, make America great again. My comment is, do you do you do you accept that that could possibly be construed as a racist remark? And most people, a lot of people, go, "How could that be racist? Make America great again?" I, I said, "So just ask yourself from from." An African-American experience. When was it ever great in America for the African-American? When was it great? So if you're making it great again, it's not including them. So it's, it's to teach us in the woke world to open up and, and accept the possibilities that our privilege has created blind spots for us. And maybe I haven't seen... What is really happening yet in all my years? David, you better do that, baby. Mm. Or Brian, Brian, I'm talking about David. I got David and Brian. <laughs> Brian, you better do that. We need to get Marissa Sachi. We need to get Brian on 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 boss. What you just witnessed was actor, now frequent white right wing challenger Brian Cranston on the latest episode of CNN's Who's Talking to Chris. Wallace. Well, you better believe it was Brian Cranston talking to Chris Wallace. His fiery, Brian's uh, fury took on the mega slogan and called it exactly what it is, racist. And he's absolutely right. Make it great again. It depends on where you were when you, that again, you know, again, don't, don't work, don't work for black folks, right? That doesn't work for women, doesn't work for a whole lot of folks to make it great again to go backwards that'll make it work and he said it as a reminder to people who to open up and accept the possibilities this is what the man said that our privilege has created blind spots for us and maybe just maybe i haven't seen what is really happening in all my years brian cranston you did and you said that and cranston has been a vocal opponent of trump in the past he was applauded and criticized online for his latest opinion let's put this up brian cranston is the perfect example of using your privilege to spell things out logically and clearly please listen to his assessment of why mega is inherently racist bravo and then the next from Brian Cranston is an absolute legend. Mega is a racist trademark from the African American perspective. When was America great? You better go on and lay that down like it ain't never been laid down. And the next, this is precisely what I refer to as progressive self-flagellation. Yes, slavery is an indelible part of American history at Brian Cranston, but it would be difficult to find a society today that is less racist than the United States. Regrettably, slavery has been the norm. Just don't just really don't just don't get it. I'm I'm trying not to bring up the fire extinguisher today, so I'm just gonna move on for that. And remember, Brian was asked about having discussed critical race theory with Bill Maher earlier this month, where he stated. 
I think is imperative that is taught that we look at our history much the same. I think that Germany has looked at their history, involvement in the wars one and two and embrace it and say this where we went, this is where we went wrong. This is how it went wrong and this is why it can't go wrong again. And then his next statement, I think they have done a very commendable job in doing so, but the United States really hasn't. You present it and say, well, 400 years of slavery, but we're moving on, we're moving on. And it's like, no, let's really discuss it. How did this happen? How did we get to a point where we treat other human beings as slaves, as enslaved people? I mean, Brian is dead on it. And African Americans, unfortunately, are always asked to get over it. No other group is asked to get over it. But they always want black folks, black Americans to get over it. So I really appreciate Brian laying this out and being a strong ally on this point. You know, Senator Turner, I, I was a huge Brian Cranston fan before I sort of knew where his political views were. I, I Breaking Bad is one of my favorite series of all time. And I loved, you know, the, the role that he played and all that. So I think this is I think this is brilliant that Brian Cranston of all people who has had such a huge platform over the last 10 years, that he's the one speaking this and saying it because we do need more people, more white people saying this because I think it's, you know, a lot of us feel, you know, for example, one of the one of the things that I do a lot of Rebel HQ is we do a lot of police interaction videos. In part because there's so many cameras that are out there now, it's easier to record police brutality, police racism, black people being treated unfairly. When I hear make America great again, in that context, is it, oh, wait a second, was it greater? Before we had the cameras, before we had the ability to hold police accountable and responsible for their actions, of course not. It's greater now that we're having more transparency. But there's this whole group of people in our country who think, oh no, we need to turn the clock back. And I think to what? I mean, we continue to make progress. What are we turning back to? And particularly, I think for African Americans, I, I must it must sting even harder. So I'm so glad that Brian Cranston has said this, and I wish more people were saying it as well. Yeah, I do too. I got to give it to him because it's so hard, especially when you're in that profession or any profession. People come after you. They try to stop you from getting work when you're speaking the truth. So definitely applaud him for using his stature to bring attention to these facts that we got a lot. We need truth and reconciliation in this country. We have not done it. And it doesn't just diminish any group of people to tell the whole truth about America's history. In fact, it should bring us together and make us want to do things that advance this nation to have understanding one to another. Doesn't hurt anybody. Only if you're a white supremacist would this hurt. But if you're not a white supremacist, baby, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Let's rock and roll together and truly make America great. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, I sigh. Take a look. For years, our family has fought for the truth to come to light concerning his murder. And we'd like our father to receive the justice that he deserves. That was one of Minister Malcolm X's daughter, Alicia Sabaz speaking on a wrongful death lawsuit she and her family have filed against the CIA or the alphabet boys and girls. Okay, the CIA, the FBI and the New York Police Department. The family of civil rights leader Malcolm X 
announced on the anniversary of his 1965 assassination that they intend to sue the United States government entities, including the FBI, the CIA, and New York Police Department for $100 million. That, that all? Alleging that they played a part in his death. I'm so glad that they are doing this. This has been a long journey to seek justice surrounding the murder of Minister Malcolm X. The circumstances surrounding Malcolm X's death have long been shrouded in mystery. Two men who were convicted of murdering the civil rights leader, the activists, were exonerated in 2021 after serving decades in prison. And the New York District Attorney admitted that the case against them was flawed and that law enforcement at the time withheld evidence. This is coming from the Washington Post. And thank you, Annabelle, for this reporting. Now, y'all know I want to add some turnerism to this. At the time, they knew that this was wrong, but they did it anyway. Many of you know that the FBI infiltrated many of the black civil rights organizations, they infiltrated the black Muslim organizations to the, the, the nation of Islam. They, they infiltrated them and they had other black people. They had black people infiltrate, that's the only way they could infiltrate to sow seeds of discord. They knew that this was wrong at that time, but I am so glad to see Malcolm X's family led by one of his daughters saying, hey, we gonna fight all the way until we get justice for our father for our loved one and for our family. Now the office also acknowledged law enforcement's failing in the case. It said that the FBI and the NYPD did not honor their their obligation to disclose exculpatory evidence to prosecutors and the accused, including information that implicated other suspects that identified witnesses who failed to identify defendant Islam and that reveal witnesses to the FBI informants. Again, unfortunately, they use black people to infiltrate these organizations. The move renewed public interest in the case and fueled long held conspiracy theories about the possible culpability of law enforcement, particularly of the New York Police Department. And we know that J. Edgar Hoover, unfortunately, had his hands all up in this. Attorney Ben Crump made abundantly clear the point of this lawsuit and he did this at a press conference. At a news conference, civil rights attorney Ben Crump appeared to put an even finer point on it. Asked directly by journalists if he thought government agencies were involved in the conspiracy to assassinate Malcolm X. Crump replied, this is what we are alleging, yes. Ms. Sebas. One of the daughters of Minister Malcolm X reminded everyone of the importance of this lawsuit. She said the truth about the circumstances leading to the death of our father is important, not only to his family, but to many followers, many admirers, many who look to him for guidance, for love. Uh, David, your thoughts. Well, I'm familiar with Benjamin Crump because of all the lawsuits that he's currently filing on behalf of so many people who are wronged by police. So it's not as if he has plenty of time on his hands. When he gets involved in something, you know that there's gotta be something there. This is a serious effort and it takes a lot of courage on his part, a lot of courage on Malcolm X's family's part to try to go after this. It will not, of course, be an easy lawsuit because this is something that happened 50 years ago. But kudos to them because I think it's important that we do take another look at this and we do try to, let's unearth all the government records 
records that are there. We've got a lot of people in charge of the FBI and various New York Metropolitan Police Department who I think have a vested interest now in coming clean and making sure their institutions come clean with all the documents they have. Let's put it all out there and let's deal with the truth. Let's let the chips fall where they may. And if it turns out that the government was involved and the New York Police Department were involved, okay, let's have some accountability and responsibility. But to continue to try to sweep this under the rug, as so many institutions have been doing for so many decades, I think has done us all a disservice. Yeah, amen to that, David. And if the family receives the justice it deserves, it would be a clear and continued indicator of law enforcement agencies targeting freedom fighters. And we know in this country we have a history of that. Some people that participated in Klan rallies and other such things. A lot of them worked for government, some of them were elected, some of them were chiefs of police, some of them were sheriffs. These are irrefutable facts within American history and we gotta face it, not run from it, not whitewash it. Let's just go ahead and face it and call it what it is. So I agree with David, this this part, this, you know, let's get the clans going. Let's just go ahead and find out who was standing where, who's culpable and make this right. Another glaring example is the murder of Fred Hampton. We know unequivocally the FBI killing of Fred Hampton, a reminder for young organizers. Government officials and elected leaders did not want to face nor accept the truths that were presented by people like Chairman Fred Hampton, by people like Minister Malcolm X. And there are those in power today who still refuse to do so. I want to close out with this evergreen and powerful reminder from the one and the only Minister Malcolm X. That uh, that we're making progress in, in this country. No, and no, no, no. Uh, I will never say that progress is being made. If you stick a knife in my back nine inches and pull it out six inches, there's no progress. Mm-hmm. You pull it all the way out, that's not progress. The progress is healing the wound that the blow that the blow made, and they haven't even begun to pull a knife out, much less try and pull, uh, heal the wound. You have, have you have? They won't even admit the knife is there. There it is. It was relevant when he spoke those words, and it is just as relevant today. We will definitely keep you posted on this story. Now for some good news. Check this out. What got me to uh, want to start my own publishing company, which I started in 20 in 2020, the, at the very beginning of the COVID. That's what made me start. But I always wanted to be an owner. I always had that that ownership in me, the entrepreneur. So anything I also, anything that I did. I want to have full ownership. So, what? And I started writing books. So, what makes what it makes perfect sense to own your own books, to own your own content, you know? So that's right. what made me. That's what made me start my publishing company, which is called Gang Tales Publications. I, 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 Gang Tales. That was author, entrepreneur, and owner of Gang Tales Publications, Stanley James, the second speaking to why. He started Gang Tales. And here's some more on this amazing story as he describes growing up in and around the gang environment in California. He says, the first thing I see really going outside is Crips and Bloods and hustlers selling dope and everything. But I had the other life too. I grew up in a house with Black Panthers, Martin Luther King. So I had the best of both worlds. And that's Stanley James II, the author and the owner of Gang Tales Publication. But by the time James was 12 or 13, he had begun selling drugs. When he was 17, he officially became a member of the Northside Four Corner Block Crips. The next year at the age of 18 and while a student at Wilson High School, James was arrested for the first time. James would be 
in and out of prison for the next few years. But he learned to foster positivity from that experience. It was during this time that he began writing poetry and short stories, which he passed around to other inmates, including what would become the basis of his first published work, The Bust, Live by the Gun, Die by the Gun. And James began selling his stories and poems in chat books or pieces of paper stapled together on the streets of LA, soon getting the attention of an LA based publishing company, No Breaks. But James had a greater vision and we are so glad that he did. Officially founded in 2020, James publishing company Gang Tales has taken on seven other authors so far, including fellow former gang members Trayvon Edwards, who belonged to the Eastside Rolling 20 Crips, a rival gang to James. Gang Tales authors retain 100% of the rights of their works and James mission. Yes, he is indeed on a mission is to truly give back to his community. He said the following, just seeing that I could do something positive and bring other people up that walked in the same shoes, like pretty much I walked in, like just that's more rewarding. And here is another powerful image of James I want to leave you with. It was taken by Photographer Brandon E. Richardson, and that's him uh, surrounded by his books. David, I mean, this is so heartwarming, and it just goes to show that no matter what you go through in life, there is always an opportunity to make some crooked path straight. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think Stanley James is a name that we should all uh, be well to remember because um, this guy is going to go very far with uh, his entrepreneurship and his publishing. It's a brilliant idea to tell stories that are often sometimes forgotten or dismissed, and he seems to like he's got the, the the right attitude. And again, as you said, it's such a valuable life lesson. It's not where you've come from; it's sort of where you want to go and where, what are you trying to do to make society better and to enlighten people and to help your community. And Stanley James is doing all of that. And I think, you know, I hope a lot of people help him along the way. And he's the sort of kid who I think as he becomes a grown up, I think he's also going to be giving back to communities and helping lift up a lot of other people. Oh, yeah. And he said that that is indeed his ultimate, ultimate goal. Go ahead on, Stanley. We'll be watching this and, and just the best of luck to him. Uh, we got trip, we got three bones all in one today. We got the wishbone, the jawbone, and the backbone. Take a look. I was activist and freedom fighter, filmmaker, none other than Bree Newsom. She is Bree Newsom Bass now, but that was 2015 when she climbed up that 30 foot flagpole to take that flag down. And Bree Newsom was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. She is an activist, an author, and a filmmaker. She is best known for what you just saw right there. She was arrested for that act, for scaling that 30 foot flagpole 
at the South Carolina State House where the flagpole was and she took down the Confederate flag. And this all happened following the mass shooting at Mother Emanuel Church. Now there was a big article, a big write up about her just all over the country, but Essence did an extraordinary job of laying out a few years ago, nine things that we should know about Bree Newsom. And I on this show, we're gonna highlight at least two of those things. Now Newsom grew up hearing about her grandmother's experience with the Ku Klux Klan. As a young black girl in South Carolina, my grandmother had witnessed the Klan drag her neighbor from his house and brutally beat him because he was a black physician who had treated a white woman. Think that Newsom wrote in an essay for Blue Nation Review. Newsom's father was formerly a dean at Howard University and now works as president of the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center, a slavery museum in Cincinnati. So thank you, Taylor Lewis, for that in Essence Magazine. This helps you get a better understanding of why, in fact, Bree Newsom Bass would do what she did, but she comes from a tradition of freedom fighters. And then shortly after the June 17th shooting at Charlotte's or Charleston's Emmanuel AME Church, Newsom gathered with a group of activists to discuss removing the flag from the state grounds. The group decided that Newsom should physically do the job and activist James Ian Tyson should help her over the fence. They felt that a black woman should be the one to remove the flag and that a white man should be the one to help her as a sign that our alliance transcends both race and gender divides, she wrote in her essay. Hello, somebody to that. How powerful was that? They strategically wanted those to be the images that people saw and understood, and they did it for a mission, for a specific reason to remind us that we are all in this together. And I wanna take these words from Bree Newsom. Let's go ahead, Bass, go ahead, put this up. Don't make idols of human beings. The cult of celebrity is a big part of why we're in the mess we're in as a society. Because we worship images of fame and fortune often in absence of substance. I'm not saying don't be a fan or don't have a hero. I'm saying don't worship human beings. The one and only Bree Newsom Bass, activist, freedom fighter, filmmaker, and author. Davis Schuster, she is our modern day. I think this is the first time I've ever done triple bones. <laughs> and she, and she is a triple bone on this. She is the wish, the, the she's the wishbone, the jawbone, and the backbone. And I see her as a philosopher as well, uh, and a philosophy that all of us, you know, all of us can can stand behind. And you know, she mentions the the cult of celebrity. I keep thinking of, you know, the cult of celebrity and money and guns, which are sort of destroying our society. And if we could all take a deep breath and pause for a second and listen to people like Bree and the common sense that they bring to some of these issues, and particularly to what she brought in South Carolina, it is remarkable. It is inspiring. And you know what? If she can do it. Uh, and if she can team with you know somebody and 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 put this together, each of us in how we spend our money or how we spend our time during the day, we can all do something to make this a lot better. Yeah, yes, we can. And I mean, just phenomenal. And she's right here still doing a great work. You know, often with the bones, I go into the past as the historian in me, but Bree. Newsom Bass is making history right now today. And I told you, I have a saying, David, that's similar to hers, because I don't believe I say I don't worship any man or any woman. I worship God 
and I stand for the people. And really what Bree is saying in that, you know, it's okay to like people, but when you just worship them so much that you look over some of the things that they do wrong, you know, this 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 true cult of personality it is the reason why we're in, in the mess that we're in right now. It is the reason why, even as we were earlier talking about the people that live in East Palestine, that other folks can fix their mouths, as my grandmother would say to dare deny those people just the basic humanity that they deserve after this catastrophe. So Bree is absolutely right that we should not be worshiping people and we should have the courage to call people out. And more importantly, we should have the courage to stand up for justice and truth, no matter who it is for and who it is against. And David, stunningly, I did not know until I started to dig a little deeper that I knew that 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 a white man had lifted her up, but I did not know that they strategically picked that to be the reason why to show both in symbol and also in substance that we are all in this together and that justice does truly transcend a gender, race and other identities. Yeah, it is so powerful. And I'm also struck by, I mean, Brie is of a sort of a younger generation than, than mine. And you know what, it's so easy to get depressed and to be pessimistic about the world around us. But when you see people like Brie, younger people who are doing the right thing, who have the right perspective, who are making their communities, their society, everybody better and lifting everybody up together. That's what just gives me sort of renewed hope that you know justice, I think eventually will prevail. It's gonna take a while, but it's because of people like Bree, because of Stanley and the previous story, because of folks like that, we are gonna make change. And some people are gonna go kicking and screaming against it, but I can you can feel the, the momentum starting to build. And that just, you know, that just makes me so inspired. Yeah, I am inspired as well, David Schuster. Yes, Bree inspires me. And I happened to run into her a few years ago. I was on the presidential <laughs> campaign and we were at the airport together and we both admire one another and just were in awe that we were seeing one another and, and we took a picture together. So definitely in awe of Bree Newsom Bass and her work is just beginning. She is very much in the fine tradition of the freedom fighters that have come before us, before her. And as we can see, just straight up in her family line as well as other ancestral forces that we talk about a lot on Unbossed. Well, I wanna thank David Schuster, it was so, so good to have you in the house today <laughs> on Unbossed. We cannot wait until you can be with us again. We know how busy you are. You are in high demand, David Schuster. Let the people well, know. Look, I, I'm, I, it, is a, it is a pleasure to be yeah. on, on Boss. It's great to be with you, Senator Turner, and your entire team. A great show, and uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Where can people find you on social media? Where do they go? On social media, at Twitter, at David Schuster. You can find the videos on Rebel HQ, uh, at YouTube and Facebook. Just do a search, type in David Schuster Rebel HQ on YouTube or Facebook and the stuff will pop up whether you like it or not. Uh, and we, we, we love the feedback. We love to hear from folks about what they like, what sort of videos, what sort of topics. We do a lot of stuff about police interaction and constitutional rights, Black Lives Matter, race relations. We also do a lot of politics, we sort of run the gamut. So. You can check out the videos, Rebel HQ, Facebook and YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at David Schuster. Let us know what you think, good or bad. We welcome everything. What? You mean you will take folks who say, David, Absolutely. Not, not, we got thick skins. You got to have thick skin in this business, right? <laughs> yeah, I, some of your videos that I have really enjoyed is when you go into Trump country and talk to some of <laughs> Some of the Trump voters. I mean, I'm gonna tell you something. If you have never seen, put Schuster back up side by side with me, please, team. If you have never seen Schuster uh, talking to the Trumpsters, baby, you missing it. I mean, it is just a thing of beauty that they. I mean, they 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 trust you.
you and they telling you exactly how they feel. And that too is a great thing for them to be upfront and honest. You know, get that stuff out. Even if I may not agree with them, I need them to get that stuff out. And David, only I keep you. biting my tongue and it's bleeding, but I just you just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. So I, I need people to go and watch uh, some of that stuff. So thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you. You know what I want you to do around this time. I want you to keep the faith and I certainly 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 always want you to merge that faith to couple that faith with the fight until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.